And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Seibch. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partners. You can find him on Twitter at FFBlitz. <laughs> and I'm here with my partners, Jeremy Brown. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. Madman! <laughs> and Shane Manila. So... Let's just get this out of the way, the elephant in the room. I am actually coming to you guys live from a quarantine You're tent. Um, You're no, always I wanna, live. I just, I just want to make sure everyone knows it, this wasn't mandated by any health officials or anything. I just yeah. decided to go buy a tent. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's plastic. Um, yeah, I, did, yeah. I cut out three breathing holes, so I think I should yeah. be all right. And by a tent, I mean a tarp. So yeah. I set yeah. up the tarp, cut out three breathing holes. Um, yeah. and no gonna one's going to sneeze out. on the holes. Oh, yeah, my I'm, God. I'm going to wait out this whole coronavirus thing from this tent. Yeah. So I think I should be fine. You know, fine. Jeremy, Jeremy's not going to let you say one sentence without him talking over you from for the whole night. I, You're fine. I can already tell the way he is. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, everybody obviously knows what we're talking about with the coronavirus. And man, everything's been canceled. I, I don't know. You know, we talk a lot of times about things happening right before we go on the show. But I don't know. Did you guys just see the XFL's announcement a few minutes ago? They canceled the rest of the season and they said they'll be back in 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. So the XFL was probably going to fold in like four more weeks anyway. No, it wasn't. It wasn't going to fold. It was not. Yeah, sure. Anyway, so we got a great show tonight. We got any news? <laughs> no, the news is that everything's canceled, like you said. I mean, it's serious. I mean, like all, every sporting, every convention. Oh, and the draft. We haven't heard any official news yet, but I'm expecting that I will not be going to Vegas after all, after I've told everybody you're a million times. You're not going to Vegas. <laughs> They're going to shut down the draft, and you're going to stay home, and we're going to podcast during the first round of the NFL draft. That's how we roll. Okay, yeah, listen, everybody, obviously, if we're all going to buy within the next couple of weeks, it's possible we're all quarantined. But one of the things we can do is we can podcast so we could bring you yeah. a show every day if you guys wanted to every day. So the one good thing so far <laughs> is they have not um, pushed back the league year for the NFL. Yeah. Which means free yeah, agencies is scheduled yeah, yeah. to go off as you know, as it's just. That's planned. Well, they have yeah, to. There you go. Yeah. They're going to do it uh, remotely or whatever, but they can't change. Yeah. Sure like they a can. lot of things that are going on, they can't postpone it too much because they have to fucking do it based on dates. Right, Shane? I mean, well, like. No, because. The, yeah, the league. <laughs> right, well, Shane? The league huh? Right, Shane? The league calendar year. They're, <laughs> Shane, I mean, Shane they're, right? There's no reason to push back the league calendar year, really, because it's not like there's an event where people hang out. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, but, but, but I'd expect, yeah, the draft will probably be canceled. But where it'll get interesting is typically after the draft, you have the rookies mini camp, which is what usually about three weeks after the draft, something like that. A couple of weeks after, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we get the ooh and well, wait, What do you people. mean by cancel, though? They're not going to cancel the draft in any way, they're still going to have the draft. No, no, it's no, just no, like not, they're not going to be there, and it's not going to be like a cool. Th- yeah, no, that, that, yeah. What? Okay. Oh my God! Hey, hey, Jeremy. No, what I'm saying is they won't cancel the draft. I'm sure they'll do it live via remote or whatever. But there's a <sighs> high chance, based on current trajectory, that rookie mini camps end up getting canceled, which also right. helps us sell some of those That's rookie okay. players and picks 
in rookie drafts because everyone gets to see those those videos of players making plays, you know, in a mini camp. That's a hell of a point. Yeah, but the thing is, with with everything, good point, Jeremy. Oh my god! No, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. Okay, but there's so many things that are being canceled and so many things that are being postponed. You know, it, yes, it's quite it's quite possible. You know, when you say that the draft's canceled, yeah, they're not. They they could still do the draft. They don't need to have it in a public place with all the people around and everything like that. Uh, when you said that they they don't have to stop the calendar year, I mean. It, with free agency, a lot of those players would go to the facilities, meet with the to the owners, meet yeah. with the, the you know. So yeah. they'll have to do all that kind of stuff um, via what iPhones and yeah. and Skype and and the, really sure they want the person that they're talking about. Yeah, right. Exactly. Going to delay things for three weeks, like everything else, postpone things for three weeks, which it still messes up the economy because we're not getting things at the time frame that people bought tickets for, you know, I mean, it's going to throw off things. Well, all three weeks, all the sporting, all uh, everything, uh, baseball, uh, hockey, you know, basketball, they've all suspended and postponed and all that stuff. And if this does keep going in the next couple of months, it, it's not totally unthinkable that the NFL ends up making some adjustments too. Like I said, I'm already expecting rookie minicamps to be canceled or pushed back. Yeah, I thought um, they said that today on NFL Network that it was going to already. Did did they? Yeah, I mean, you might as well. Count yeah, everything's going to get pushed. I mean, I we can expect everything in the NFL to get pushed back because they're they're building in that incubation period, so to speak, like two three weeks, like my school for my kids, like just which is smart. They're just building in that incubation period. It's the same thing for the NBA. The NHL, all the major sports, they may resume, but you know, there's no, they don't know when they can start again. So they're just like building in that period of like, let's not let this get any worse. Um, let's try to contain it. And so maybe two, three, four weeks down the road, we see these sports resume. But it, but like what you're saying, Shane, is we're going to miss out on a ton of stuff with the NFL because some of it's not going to be rescheduled. It's it's just not possible to reschedule it. <laughs> It's uh, it's kind of crazy. Right? It's, I mean, it's, it's not gonna. Yeah, you no, know, it's completely unprecedented. Um, even when, um, you know, there's been labor problems. Uh, you know, I'm not old enough to remember this strike in, you know, what was it, 88 <laughs> or something like that. I don't even remember. So it's really unprecedented. Really? Obviously, on a much bigger scale beyond sports, but for you know fantasy football to have something like this where. You're not going to get to see these rookies in rookie minicamp. You might not get to see any OTAs, to be quite honest with you. Um, I know the College World Series is scheduled for June. They canceled that, and that's in June. And we're in March right now. So it'll be interesting to see. And, again, obviously, you know, let me put this caveat out there. Obviously, fantasy football is less important than real lives and things like that. Um, So I don't think think it's a big deal. It's just – from our little fun aspect of the world where I'm going to try to focus tonight, it's going to be interesting to see how it impacts our little game. Speaking of that, tonight we have actually two guests on that. Uh Oh, we lost Jeremy. And both of them are coming on to discuss with us about the rookies, about what happened with the combine and what to look forward to with the rookie draft, whether we have one or not, you know, we still don't know about that. So 
right now have our two guests in the room and there's been so much stuff thrown around over the last minute what? or two of what was being told so I'm mike confused. and jesse I, I hope you guys aren't confused jeremy's been confused all night and it seems as though it's going to stay that way for the time being so let's just kind of move forward so um, hey guys thank you very much for joining the show and why don't you guys tell everybody about yourself um, mike why don't you start yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I actually listened to you guys, and uh, you know it's pretty crazy that like you know a few <laughs> months later after I started getting this fantasy game that that I'm on the show. So thanks a lot. Um, you know I'm from San Francisco, originally from Toronto, so I'm Canadian. Um, and yeah, I got into got into the fantasy game like not too long ago. I mean I started just on Twitter shooting the beep with people on Twitter. <laughs> you know, got a. Uh, I got um, you know, got into it with uh, with Garrett Price. You know, freaking love that dude, and yeah. he gave him my first shot He's writing smart, over dude. at uh, writing over at Dynasty Nerds. So you know, I have nothing but love for all those guys over there. And recently transferred over to DLF. Um, bunch of smart Galaxy brains that I'm trying to learn from. You know, Peter How Peter Howdy over there. Uh, big galaxy brain. You got Jesse Reeves here, who I'm learning from. Another big galaxy brain. So you know, I'm just I'm just trying to learn, man. I'm just a just a dude grinding out here, trying to learn um, fantasy game and just enjoy stuff. You know, you're a tape you're a tape guy. You think about metrics too, but you watch football players, right? That's, that's look, I'm I, I'm I'm football. I'd say I'm probably more team analytics, but I watch football. Like, but I don't really pretend to understand film as a lot yeah. of the other guys. You know, um, that's yeah. not that's my, that's my forte. That's yeah, why you're on the show with Jesse Reeves because we got that. Okay. All right, but before we go over to Jesse, before we go to Jesse, Mike, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Mike Me Up with two P, so M I K E M E U P P. Awesome. U P P. I think he's a lot. I do it. Mike, yeah, Mike is an analytics guy, and um, I, I like now bit. that I know to call him Mike and not Michael, so that's huge. And like pretty <laughs> humble, but uh, yeah, Michael's pretty yes. much shot up the stratosphere in the span of what feels like one season of fantasy football. Like, <laughs> no, no, beep, beep, wait, no, no, <laughs> let Jesse talk about himself. Before. Yeah, and Jesse, yeah, you don't need to say the beep noise. Mind. You can say whatever Jesse you want. Reeves, he of the wonderful beard who <laughs> cheated against me on a dynasty game night. Oh, did he really? Did he really? You guys, oh, dude. Okay, first of all, Jesse does not approve of that message. You guys set me up that night. In all seriousness, though, hey, um, uh, first and foremost, Mike is definitely being modest, man. Yeah, he's definitely cemented himself and and come into this industry and this this space, as I like to call it, and made himself known. So, uh, Mike, you, you you're a savage, dude. Keep doing what you do. I think me and you mesh very very well too, because. You are like I think uh, more than anything you you keep a hold a stranglehold on trying to be balanced with your analysis. Uh, even even though I am team analytics, I definitely I watch football, so I relate with yeah, that. Man. Like I, I I have the Sunday ticket. Like I I'm I'm dude, a I, I'm, day, I'm, day, I'm, day, I'm, like, on the show because I you guys both watch football. You can, you can find my work over at Jesse Reeves FF, working on a bunch of cool stuff. All my written content, my primary platform is um, Player Profiler or the Underworld Roto Underworld. You guys can see all my articles, written work over there. Um, I've been in the space for two seasons now. This is my second off season. Um, just honestly, kind of just to go draw parallels with where Mike's at, man. I'm just I'm I'm constantly learning from from guys, you know, big brain guys like 
Peter Howard, um, just some some real incredible people mixing it up with big big guys in the industry. And um, I just kind of fell into just talking about football, dude. It was you know I I you know fell in love with the industry and just kind of stuck with it. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just a lonely guy chilling in in my my mom's basement, just talking about <laughs> fantasy football now. So it's uh, definitely it's definitely elevated. In I'm this chilling area. in my wife's basement. It's the same so, thing. Yeah, base yeah basically I, yes it is the same thing so but um yeah you guys can find all my work on twitter uh and yeah a bunch of cool stuff we're working on here so excited to be here more than anything thanks for having me on I awesome well you know when jeremy set this all up to get you guys on as guests one of the things we were going to talk about were rookies and with the coronavirus situation that's going on right now everything seems to be up in the air of what's going on what's happening um you know i i had tickets to go to the nfl draft in vegas and it looks like it's not going to happen and i know jesse when we got you on you started to talk about your opinion of what you think is going to happen what what do you think is going to happen with this draft yeah i just don't think with everything that's going on from all i'm I try to be objective when things like this are causing mass hysteria and everything that I've seen about um, the, this coronavirus, COVID-19 or whatever you want to call it, suggests that it's going to be a long ride and that it's not going to be, we're not in the middle of the blizzard here and it's not going to end overnight. This is more going to be like a season. It's going to be a winter of this coronavirus. And that to me suggests that it's going to leak into uh, the draft season and then probably into potentially like OTAs and, um, and and rookie camps and stuff like that. So with that being said, I cannot imagine a situation where the NFL is um, kind of risking the, the the players, the families and the, the overall um, the, the, the overall integrity of the league by saying yeah everything else is shutting down but we're going to keep this open because we want we want to make sure our fans get what they want we're going to keep it open to the public so my my um my inclination would be that they 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 do it behind closed doors the way that they used to do it back in like the 80s and 90s where they didn't have fans and it was the only the only the franchises the organizations and stuff so i have I have my hotel booked. I have everything booked. I'm not canceling it yet. Yeah. On- oh, you were going to Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I went so was Mike. So was, so was Blitz. He was going. Uh, yeah, Jesse, I have my room still, everything too. But I haven't canceled my yeah. stuff yet either. But most likely it'll all get canceled, you know. Yeah, it will. Unfortunately. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, even with today's technology, the way the five of us are sitting here talking right now, they could do it that way. Behind closed doors, they could do it all yeah. digital, all on the internet through, you know, everything. Mike, you were saying something? It looked like. Mike, oh, no. Me- I was just agreeing with uh, with Jesse, man. I think it's gonna be. I mean, they can't cancel the draft, right? But could you imagine? Exactly. Could you imagine they cancel the draft and we combine the 2020 <laughs> and the 2021 class? Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Our up in draft like in dynasty twitter dynasty league would just literally melt down <laughs> would like, explode you, you would go on twitter and it would just be dripping it would yeah. just drip yeah. off your phone yeah. you know what's funny though about that maybe not combined with next year or whatever but really in in reality if you really think about it they could postpone it a month or so you know yeah. I, obviously yeah. they I have mean, their I think that's what we i think that's more likely to be the case like, well sure but even i'm if saying they don't do it like they'll, they'll just postpone things for a week or two and and make sure you know because possibly they could do it live so they'll postpone it for a while a couple weeks and then if they can't do it live then you know they'll <laughs> 
and do it like the, these guys are saying. Yeah, they could do it that way. Or in reality, they don't even have to. They could just still have the draft. Postpone the draft. Just yeah. stop it. The yeah. things we need to be concerned about in, in the fantasy sphere, not in real life, because um, there's a lot to be worried about. The things we need to be worried about in the fantasy sphere is rookie camps, OTAs, and oh, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, the start of the season, because you push those things back far enough, you're going to put the players in a position where they're not in shape yeah. and they can't you know they can't start a, a season after one preseason game okay well like that, or two weeks of practice so then at least for us in in for the purpose of tonight's show let's just act as if everything is normal and everything's going yeah. forward so i want to see so, what mike and jesse think about the rookies which is what i was just about to say yes so why don't we talk about that whichever jesse mike whichever you'd like to go first but both uh, okay, so Jesse, all right, how about Mike? Mike, so it, as if this was going forward, as if it was a regular season, there was nothing going strange. How do you feel about this rookie class? How did you come out of the combine? What, what did you think about the players? Um, I mean, I felt pretty damn good from the combine. I think there were people that performed that I didn't think would do as well as they did, like CeeDee Lamb, for example. I didn't think he'd run that fast. Uh, and then all the really stud running backs, like my boy Cam Akers have been and preaching his name like forever and i knew he's an explode so that was good to see jonathan taylor beast not nothing more to be said about that antonio gibson was probably the one that really shocked me uh someone that you know we we, we talk about him be switching over to the running back position and if he does that uh, that's like one person that i'm really excited to see where he goes in the draft and then i mean the wide receivers i'd say it's like it's a couple really good guys at the top and then it's more like some some good to like average guys that are really deep that go into like the second round. That's kind of how I think about the draft. And your rank is for what you were just saying. Your rank is for those guys, those receivers. What do you give me some? Throw me some that you like. Uh, I mean, I got Lamb at one, Rager at two, uh, Judy at three. That rounds up my top tier of wide receivers, followed by Jefferson, Higgins, Mims, Edwards. Uh, and then followed by Ruggs and Chanel. So that kind of wraps up my top 10 on the wide receivers. Okay. Um, T. Higgins had his pro day today, mm -hmm. and um, everybody was pretty underwhelmed, I guess is the word I'm looking for. His vertical wasn't great, his broad wasn't great, and his 40 wasn't especially blazing, though he's not fast. It's a pro day, first of all, so take that with what you will but he skipped the combine so skipping the combine you know the 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 tests there and then doing it at your pro day and not knocking it knocking it out of the box during that pro day does that hurt him in your rankings or are you still just looking at him from the analytical perspective that he hits all those benchmarks i mean for me he kind of already checked the analytical side and the, his 40 was faster than i what i thought what i thought he would run to be honest i thought okay. he ran like a four six so that was a bit surprising to me and then on the other side like like i haven't really seen enough like correlations or any like deep studies that really show every single one of those things translate to fantasy success more so than the analytics side and the draft capital which i think he'll get with both of them and like let's not forget this dude had like an 81 inch wingspan man he's a pterodactyl so he jumps a little bit shorter sure but we've seen him like on film like you know mossing guys so i don't really think that's like a huge concern for me i don't know about jesse yeah no yeah, it, jesse uh... what do you think 
it's definitely so the, the thing about combine and the the way that that people um tend to weight these the, these data points that we have is um from everything that i've seen and kind of parallel with what mike said is that there's no like deep study or correlation that says that any of these individual tests correlate with fantasy points or that they don't correlate with fantasy points it's the things that like weight adjusted speed score, height adjusted speed score. When we start combining combine scores and stuff, those are the things that correlate well with with fantasy points. But at the end of the day, when you look at and, and like his forty time, T Higgins forty time was not bad at all. His weight adjusted speed score is going to be decent. It won't be what we thought it was with a four four three, but it'll be good for his size and his stature. Good enough, yeah. Yeah, it'll be definitely good enough. But more than anything, what I say is that when we look at where he stands among this wide receiver class in terms of um, in terms of age adjusted market share data and everything, we're talking about an age nineteen breakout. Everything that he's done on the field in terms of his 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 best uh, market share of receiving yards twenty seven percent. So that grades above the average of about twenty percent threshold. Um, he averaged about twenty four. So that's that's more than limited upside from from my thresholds and what I do for age adjusted market share data. More yeah. than anything, though, what I'm thinking is that he's going to get the draft capital and always lean with what you've seen in terms of production and on film. So no matter what, that 4-5-4 did not stop him from absolutely being a monster at the catch point, from being a big-body X-style wide receiver who plays the bounce in the middle of the field deep. He can do it all. He's a versatile wide receiver, I think. He might be more limited to an X-style role in the NFL, but it's not like he was – totally completely um confined to the left side of the field and he was only on go routes or double moves it's not like he's only so for me i think that um he's versatile enough and it never stopped him from being productive in college why is it going to stop him from being productive in the nfl and especially with how we saw last season with justin ross emerging everybody thought that justin ross was going to be a problem for t higgins this year and he absolutely was not we saw t higgins just grab the reins of that wide receiver one and just skyrocket this year if he's doing that with a yeah. like justin ross who's who's inarguably well i'd say arguably people have him already pegged as a top five wide receiver in this 2021 class just i love t higgins yeah yeah maybe slightly outside if he's Not competing ross. and dominating against justin ross we know right. he can compete and dominate against other NFL talent. So I would always ride with what we know and the production. The, the production. Yeah. That we've seen what do we know now? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of what I where, where I lean. I like it. So, Jesse, um, one of the things that happens with a lot of people that listen to these type of shows and then hear the experts talk about rookies, it, it gets broken down easily by rankings. And Mike just gave us his uh, wide receiver rankings. What are yours? Oh man, I could probably say I have a I have a top heavy um, in terms of going all the way down to like ten. I would I would say I'm still working on a lot of stuff for, with with my model and where I where I have these guys. I've been slow playing the process probably a little bit too much, but I go CD Rager and then I have Justin Jefferson as my three, um, and then I, I I probably it's close, but I go Jerry Judy Denzel Mims probably at five. I have a sleeper um, right at edge kind of outside of at six. I would probably say um, it's a toss up between. I, I really like KJ Hamler. He's a smaller stature wide receiver. He's probably not going to have the draft capital, but I really like the production um, that, that we got from him over the, the past two seasons. And then um, I'm intrigued with T Higgins. He's probably going to sit muddled in that middle maybe six two like six through eight i'm probably gonna I'm, I'm gonna toss these guys around a lot brian edwards also sitting in there but i would say my top five is probably solidly um 
is uh is cd lamb and then uh excuse me cd lamb why am i spacing right now I'm looking J- at my jalen brain. rager yes Rager's Rager, 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 in there yeah. and then um and then probably jerry judy at four Okay, so Mims there. So. I just wanted to jump in because Rager's a little higher than a lot of folks might have him, and Judy's eight, four. But I mean, still, that's lower than most folks have him. Most folks have him or CD Lamb as their one or two. Um, what about Judy? Um, drops him down. I, and I don't want to make it sound like you're completely down on the guy, but what makes him four instead of, say, one? No, definitely. He's um, so per everything that I have in my current model right now. So there's. Excuse me. There's a couple stats that I really like to use: average yards per, te- uh, per pass attempt, average college dominator, um, and then average um, dominator over average, which is a uh, Peter Howard big brain stat. And then I also like to look at things like average yards over average too, which is another Peter Howard stat. So shout out to Peter Howard for these incredible metrics. The reason why I like to use these average is is because it shows us how much these guys performed over the average and how much they did it on average. So it's a great, it's kind of a confusing when, you, when, I, when I verbalize it like that, but it definitely gives us a good scope of where these guys are um, in 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 uh, pertinence to the, the average. And right now, Jerry Judy, he ranks in the 80th percentile that I have for um, average receiving yards per pass attempt, average about 2.1, which is good efficiency. So he's going to grade out an efficiency on his touches for my model, but ranks in the 40th percentile in average college dominator, ranks in the 50th percentile in average Average dominator over average sits at about minus seven percent there, and then in the 50th percentile for um, minus uh, or for average yards over average as well. So those are a couple components. Not everything that I use in my model, but he's not grading out in the 70th and above percentile, which is going to knock him down. So ter- in terms of overall production, he's good, but from everything we see from an age-adjusted standpoint, he is more of an average-style player. Um, I get people want to argue to argue for Alabama being that they had this absolutely uh, wild uh, wide receiver room, and that might have been the case. However, Jerry Judy wasn't necessarily able to separate himself from a guy like Devonta Smith, or completely from um, Jalen Waddle in some weeks. We want to see. I love your model, these guys. Um, I love your model, yeah, honestly. I, I, do. I, I love it too. It's a lot. I'm still working on a lot of it, but uh, yeah, Jerry Judy. I like him a fair amount, and the reason why I do have him at four is because I don't want to be disingenuous to the process because he is yeah. going to be a first round wide receiver. Everybody mm-hmm. loves the way that he runs his routes and and the way sure. that he's smooth and he's good. Yeah, yeah there's he's you fizz, can, he's, if you beat on him, you're a dick. And like because he's <laughs> that good. At, I mean, he's a really exactly. good receiver. If you beat so, on him, you're just kind of an asshole. Exactly. So if you if you have him outside your top five, it is a little disingenuous to the process, knowing that draft yep. capital is the strongest indicator that we have of yep. fantasy yep. success. Those guys tend to go on and be able to have um, a, a clear pathway to volume. Nobody's spending the 104 on Amari Cooper and not letting him come in and get targets. It's just not happening. And then when they the, the teams that are drafting wide receivers that early within the top 15 to 20 picks, they generally have a hole already to fill at wide receiver, which gives you yeah. the they know it yeah yeah have yeah. a pathway to that volume already so we know jerry judy and cd lamb are going to be those two guys that are probably going to uh, be the most sought after wide receiver so although jerry judy is an average wide receiver i believe that he will have uh, yeah, a pathway to, to opportunity very soon and that gives him the bump for me so I'll, I'll i will happily put him at that wide receiver four spot yeah okay. i like mike, how you said that mike let me ask you who who's one wide receiver that you think you're probably higher on. I mean, I assume you use a lot of the same, a lot of the same metrics as Jesse. So do you concur with his Jerry Judy take? 
Yeah, look, man, <laughs> I, I like Jerry Jeter. I have my number three, right? And, you know, a lot of people think that that's, like, disrespectful. But, like, to me, you know, I like it when – I really love it when analytics and film, like, collide. Like, those are – in, yeah, in my experience, right. those are the players that have the highest upside and that really smash production, right? Yeah. So, if, if right. I – if, like, there's film guys that are saying stuff that go counteract to what I'm seeing, I question myself, right? And then when – when I say, or when film guys say stuff that the analytics don't sync up with, then I question that. So that's kind of the process yeah. of how I think about things. And like, let me just let me just throw this thought out there, right? We always talk about how Alabama has the best wide receiver core we've ever seen. He's playing with three, <laughs> four first round wide receivers, and like, it's just puzzling to me because like Alabama has been the best program for how many years now, right? And it just so happens yeah. that the one year that they have three best wide receivers also happens to be the year they have one of the best quarterback prospects to come out since <laughs> Andrew Luck. Like, that is not a coincidence to me. So no, that's kind of how I think about it, right? Like, you take two out of the equation, where are the four first-round wide receivers? Like, show them to me because I don't see it. Right? I just yeah. don't see it. Yeah, right, right, right. Totally. I got you. I got yeah. you. Um, no, and in terms I mean, of uh, answer your question, Shane, like – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, there's some people that would argue the uh, – the the ad, adverse of that that's not the correct word but whatever you guys are smart you yeah, know so there are people that, there are people who would argue with mike and the other side of the coin what i love about both of these guys jesse and mike and why we have them on the show is that they both are willing to look at both you know tape and metrics they're so, willing to look at players and evaluate numbers and not just get hung up on any one thing and that's how we do things generally here at the HQ. Yeah. I mean, we never lean toward any one thing. We use all of these things as tools. So, right. so Mike, you were going to answer Shane's question before both of them interrupted you. So go ahead, answer Shane's question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, so I, so one guy that I really like uh, is Lynn Bowden Jr. And he's a little bit unconventional, but... Uh, I put out a thread about him recently, but like he's just such a versatile player. And I think the way that the NFL is today, like if you put him with an offensive mind, someone like, you know, Sean Payton, someone like Kyle Shanahan, like they're just going to be able to scheme that player into place and into space. And if you can line up all over the field, create a bunch of mismatch nightmares, it's just a really interesting thing to me. So like, and he also won, you know, the most versatile player award. So, you know, in great company there with guys like CMC, Odell. I mean, this guy had 1,800 yards, man. Like 1,400 yards rushing and 400. I mean, yards that's receiving. no joke. Like, yeah, right. It's just, it's just insane. It blows my mind. I'm just like super interested in him. Like, it's not really from like an analytics perspective. Like, he broke out as a sophomore. Actually, I think he did. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, Jesse. I think he had like 30 percent uh, market share in his sophomore year. But like, that's not why I like him. I just, I love his versatility, and I think he's athletic. I was disappointed he didn't run in the combine. Um, but you know he's someone that I'm I'm really interested to see where he lands and what team takes him. So what what type of draft capital do you think Lynn Bowden Jr. is going to get? Though? Mm. I mean, your guess is good as mine, but I mean, I would love to see him go in like the third round. I think that would be like a, a really good spot where he doesn't. Ha- it's not expected for him to just step in and just start as a wide receiver because he's pretty raw and he still needs to develop, but. You know, he kind of has enough capital and enough money in him to not cut him and right. basically, you know, use him as part of the offense. That's kind of where I would go. You know, maybe he goes in the fourth round, but I'd say, like, if he goes anywhere later than that, then I'm obviously not as interested. But I think, like, that's where I'm expecting. You guys with her, your blended, your blended, um, you know, tape versus metrics, metrics versus tape. I mean, there, people talk about that like it should be, you know, 
uh, we should argue about it. You guys mm-hmm. embrace it like these are things that we need to do. What yeah. what players after you know the dust settles after the combine right before the draft? What are the players that you guys, Jesse, Mike, that you don't like, and then the players that you do like, and why? Zach Moss, Mike, tell me. <laughs> Dude, uh, people think people think i hate zach moss and like that's not what it is like if if you looked at our bdg rankings like we actually had them pretty high as like the rb6 but it's just that like once you go out there and like i mean first of all fire his agent for telling him to run hurt because like i wasn't expecting him to be fast anyways but to run runs hurt and slow is just like poor advice but just if you just look at it historically like that prototype is not is not conducive to success and you know part of it might be a self-fulfilling prophecy where nfl teams love to draft guys who are fast and big so they get more opportunity and as a result they hit more but at the end of the day like you know when he ran the 465 i just it was hard to it's hard, and you're hard talking to about zach there. moss with the slow 40 yeah yeah i kind of <laughs> yeah. want to echo a little bit what mike said too uh the, the issue with the running back position is that we can i'd love age adjusted metrics but they really don't have the same effect yeah. when looking at the running back position so when we look at the running back position zach moss has he's got it we're talking about a 36.5 percent rushing dominator 84th percentile um i don't have a breakout age because i don't really think breakout age matters for for the running back position but not for running back yeah even if you wanted to add it in that's fine uh, probably look at, at age 20 would probably be where where zach moss sits but either way the thing with the running back position is they are generally granted volume as to where wide receivers they have to take the volume they have to carve out a role for themselves they have to the own it yeah they're yeah. competing with more than one of of their position on the field at the same time as to where running backs generally don't so zach moss looks good from a production standpoint but the the, the main driver of where these running backs um, tend to get fantasy value is where they're drafted draft capital draft capital is always king and the main driving factor of draft capital whether we like to believe it or not is a a franchise so when a team goes out and they see zach moss run a, an official 465 which is in the 31st percentile and his speed scores a 95.4 and that's the 45 the 45th percentile and he does literally absolutely nothing at the combine he kind of shits the bed if you will and teams are going to look at that and they're going to be like yeah this guy is not athletic enough to play the bell cow that he looked like he was at utah and yeah. inevitably that just leads to him being drafted in the fourth or fifth round as a guy who might have some upside and then you just have to throw it all away you have to throw it away because at that point at that point he's elijah holyfield and you just don't need any of that in your fantasy life well you know what's funny wait i'm sorry shane (laughs) right 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 what i was gonna say to you it's funny that you say that because one thing i was gonna bring back to mike mike you mentioned that you had a thread and one of the things i noticed on your twitter timeline you like write the word thread in parentheses and then you you do quite a few tweets all attached to one which i i find that very interesting and and people can't see your face but you're shaking your head yes um but you actually you're smart okay you actually did a thread um two days ago about the fact that the rookies running backs everybody's so excited and so anxious about all these running backs but you're opinion in your thread was about the fact that that is there enough places for them to land and that would go along with jesse's point about uh where their draft capital is and and go ahead and tell everybody it's really cool what you wrote here about the landing spots for the running backs these rookies 
Yeah, thanks. I mean, I was just a question just popped in my head when I was uh, with Noah, who's my podcast uh, mate, and I was like, dude, is there is there enough spots for the talent that's coming in this class? And that's There's something that not. like people don't think about, right? Because it's a really strong class. They're really good players. We love them. But like, I just wanted to kind of put some numbers to, you know, where they could go. And the two factors I wanted to look at was cap space, because obviously that's going to impact whether or not these guys can sign a big big name free agent. And then also draft capital. So, you know, two of the most hype, like rookie landing spots for running backs was San Francisco and uh, Kansas City, right? Because obviously we know they produce at the running back position. But when I looked at it, you know, I just kind of struggled to find a place for them to take a day two or day one running back because we look at the Chiefs and, you know, they're sitting at 13 million of cap space, which is the 27th uh, ranked in the NFL. And they have three three picks in the first two rounds, just the regular picks. But, you know, right. they have tons of holes to fill on the offensive line. People might not know that because Patrick Mahomes is just a god and covers for it. But their offensive line was <laughs> far from far from good this year. And, you know, they're going to pay Mahomes like 200 million. At least that's what I would pay him. Uh, so you have a massive contract coming up. So you just like can't really afford to spend money on a running back. And they just won a Super Bowl with Damian Williams. So, you know, it's kind of always like it's like we, we really hope for these guys to land there but i just don't see the space and when i basically summed everything up what i found was again these are my guesses so let's not take these as log or you know say like oh mike said there's no landing spots it's just like my guess right but you uh, but the way you explained it's it the uh, law, I'm, mike lay it down bro yeah and <laughs> so, and and actually for people to go look at it go look at his his timeline because not you didn't just say oh the dolphins are going to take this guy you broke it down in like five parts for each one of these teams so you really I put love a, it i love it so you yeah, really I, put yeah, a lot of really good it was really good I ended up with uh, basically, I, I, I th- I, the way I see it is there's about six committee roles available. There's yeah. nine potential, I call it workhorse, but basically just view that as a lead starting running back role. And there's, in my eyes, four of those committee roles will be filled by free agency, by guys like Carlos Hyde, uh, Jordan Howard, and the likes. Uh, three of those roles will be, fi- three of the workhorse roles will be filled by guys like you know, Derek Henry, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, which leaves about two committee roles and six workhorse roles, except two of those workhorse roles are with Kansas City and the Steelers, who don't have the capital or the salary <laughs> right, exactly. to draft anything. So you're really looking only at like four spots, right? Four to five spots for all this talent. So, you know, you have guys like Zach Moss and Jesse brought up a great point, right? If I'm an NFL team and I'm going to allocate a resource to a starting running back and there's only four of them available, Am I going to pick the 215-pound athletic freak that has production and has yeah, all the other stuff? Yeah, you're going for Zach Moss. Or am I going to pick the 465 guy that may have production and may be good, but you know, history and odds are just not in their favor? That's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, yeah so that was you, funny. You guys sound like um, Zach Moss is going undrafted to me, to be quite honest with you. And it's – no, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Because... like that take two. I do not. I do. I do not. I think Zach Moss is going to get drafted. Yeah, he's going to get drafted. A decent, yeah, he's going to get drafted. What do you think about that? But he's not going to be. I think it's going to. He's he's definitely going to be like a in a, a committee situation. I don't think he's he's which dampens his fantasy value. He's going to be an upside pick, a guy that you can throw that early third. Maybe if he slips that early third to mid anywhere in the third is probably where I'd range Zach Moss. I got right. you. Okay. 
Um, that's probably where I'm, I'm, I'm spending that third round pick. If I can get him in the fourth, that's great. But I think he's too big of an asset, too big of a name right now. Had some backing during the yeah, offseason. You're not going to get anything good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you throw those darts. But um, yeah, I definitely think that he's going to have some upside. It's going to be all about where he goes. I mean, for example, I'll, I'll put a little bit of, you know, I'll go with what I know. The Chargers are a team that would probably fare well for a guy like Zach Moss. He doesn't have to be the most athletically gifted back for him to complement a guy like Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is, is going to get those on, on the low end 12 and on the high end 17 total touches a game. He's not yeah. a workhorse, which does leave some of that extra volume between the tackles to a guy like Zach Moss. And if you've watched any of Zach Moss's film, you know he is a gap scheme power runner. He is not a guy that can get east to west. That's not the type of game that you want. Yeah, let yeah, left to, yeah, left to right, right. Guy you want to let split the A and B gap, and you want, yeah, you want to get him downhill. And that yeah. kind of that, that is. And that makes sense. Good negative, negative positive for kind of Austin Eckler. They will offset each other, and they will be a good balance. So in that situation, I'm pulling the trigger on Zach Moss in the third round because I think there's okay. volume over from where Austin Eckler is. So yeah, and Mike, Mike, are you the same way? Mike, me up. Are you are you feeling the same way? Yeah, yeah. Agree? Kind of feel, I'm a little bit higher than uh, Jesse. You know, I'd be willing to throw throw it out there for Zach Moss in the in the later second. But yeah. uh, generally, like I kind of agree with that that type of approach. Okay, so I'm gonna disagree with both of you, smart, <laughs> handsome gentlemen. <laughs> okay, yeah. is gonna why? be a guy that gets 15 carries for 60 yards, zero receptions, and no touchdowns. So you're gonna keep <laughs> playing him because he's gonna have a two touchdown game. You're gonna run him out there five weeks in a row where he puts up a 15 for 60 day. So and, wait, uh, you're saying you don't like him? Not, not even a little bit, nah. So one of the things we were talking about before, a lot of people break it down easily as lists. And you guys both gave your lists for your wide receivers. What are your guys' lists for the running backs? Mm. You want to go first, Jesse? Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. I think if you're, I think it's a fool's errand trying to argue anybody but Jonathan Taylor at the RB one spot right now. But I could do it, and I will. I have J.K. Dobbins at number one. Oh wow! Uh, there you go. At number two. Thanks. Um, yeah, J.K. Dobbins number one, Jonathan Taylor number two, and then I'm probably I'm, I'm going with DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers. Those two are very interchangeable for me right now. Yeah, um, I like that. As the, uh, sitting at the top five. Um, then Clyde Edwards Hilaire is probably firmly at those after JT and Dobbins, it's really just an interchangeable between Akers, Swift, and um and and CEH for me. Uh CEH has a lot of really good intangibles. I think that his his game translates very well to the NFL, so it's hard to put him at five. Just ask me tomorrow. Ask me the day after that. It might be a different three. You know, no <laughs> ask idea. you after. Exactly, exactly. But um, some uh, then uh, at, at that sixth spot, I would probably lean on saying that right now I have um, Zach Moss at that sixth spot. Keyshawn Vaughn right after. You know, Benjamin is a guy that I'm not sleeping on, probably going to hit that RB8, RB9 spot. Um, and then after that, it's a bunch of just who lands where for me. I really – I'm playing the production game when I go Keyshawn Vaughn and Eno Benjamin. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn made himself a little bit of uh, – if a, a Money, little bit yeah, of yeah, – yeah, yeah. At the combine, if I do remember correctly. But yeah, yeah. most everything says that right now after we get outside that top five, you are really just shooting, shooting blanks and hoping that something sticks. And um, – that's it. Um, yeah, I, and, and so for, for me, I'd, I'd probably say that's about my top five, top six right there. 
And I want to hear what Mike thinks about what you just said. Or he could give us his top six. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, do that too. I got I got converted. I got Jonathan Taylor at one. Uh, DeAndre Swift at B one B, and then got my boy Cam Akers in the three hole. Mm. J.K. Dobbins fourth, Clyde Edwards Alaire fifth, and then sixth is Antonio Gibson. Wait, so real quick, let me ask you, why are you so wrong about J.K. Dobbins? <laughs> what the hell? Dobbins to be one. I mean, I think it's like it's just one of those things where it's like you know people see J.K. Dobbins at four and that's bad. Like to me, it's like you know you have these like excellent cream of the crop guys at the top. And you're basically, you know, splitting hairs. And the one thing yeah. that I couldn't get over with Dobbins, and I'm please educate me where I'm wrong here, um, <laughs> but I couldn't, I just couldn't erase his second season from my memory. What and, what season? And what the, the reason, about? the reason why yeah, is like sure. when I was watching. Again, I am not a film watcher. I just watch football. But as a fan <laughs> watching the game, uh. I can kind of I can kind of rationalize why he was so good in his freshman year and so good this year, and I think it's, it has something to do with being tied to some mobile quarterbacks, right? Because he played with JT Barrett his first year, and this year he played with Justin Fields, the god. I'm yeah, putting well, my he, putting he my stamp on him. Enhanced those quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you just watch the plays, like at least when I was watching the plays, like. He, Justin Fields was freezing like either an edge defender or a linebacker on every play. And when you give someone with J.K. Dobbins athleticism that much space, he can do a lot with it. And that's where he really shines, right? And I'm just like a little bit worried like if he goes in a situation, let's say he lands, you know, in like with a statue, Tom Brady or like Matt Ryan, like if he doesn't have that same kind of space and then now you have nfl caliber athletes coming at you will he be as successful so that's like my only little knock on him like i still really like him it's just that's why i split the hairs with jk Dobbins. so your biggest concern is and it's it's a pretty legitimate well i don't know how legitimate it is but i'll say that, no 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 i'll say this it's borne out by the stats so his sophomore year um his yards per you know attempt dropped by Let's do math real quick. Two point two and a half, a little over two and a half yards per carry. Um, he only rushed for a thousand yards. He did have twenty six receptions though. And if yeah, I don't know if you guys, I want, I want Jesse. To Thanks, tell Jesse. Me. That yeah, that was I a want good. Jesse, to tell, tell me about Dobbins. Yeah, yeah no, that was one thousand and fifty three yards. No, literally, you know, let's 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 write him off. You know, hey, I I totally get the concerns from Mike. He's laying out like probably one of the best the best arguments and one that I've had with a couple of people that I really respect in this sure, space. Same, I've heard it. Yeah. Why why didn't why didn't we have two huge years of just overall? production why do we see a a a dip in in overall rush yards and um in rush yards and overall production in terms of of rushing attempts and uh rush yards and market share over those uh, from freshman to sophomore and then back to his senior year one thing that i can say is that definitely by even just looking at the raw statistics in that sophomore season we see he had 230 attempts to Mike Weber's 172. Mike Weber had a fantastic year on yeah. 172 um, attempts that year, 954 yards, five touchdowns. So naturally, J.K. Dobbins is going to get the nod there with the 10 touchdowns and going over 1,000. But I would like to say that J.K. Dobbins seeded 172 rushing attempts to Mike Weber and still went over 1,000 yards <laughs> and still had 10 touchdowns while logging 26 receptions for 263 yards and two touchdowns. Say that, say that first. Part of the sentence again. Say that first part. You said it again. It's huge. It's huge. Say, Let him no, say not that last part. Go ahead. Say that first part. Who did he see those? Again. Who did he see those touches to? To to, to, to Mike, Mike Weber, Weber, who is trash. Yeah. 
who, who was <laughs> objective, non-objectively, non he was trash. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not arguing that Mike Weber was or was not trash. What I'm saying though is that it does not matter who get is getting touches behind, in front of J.K. Dobbins. He is a bell cow back, and it will be known when he's on the field. And also, I'd like to go on on record and say, Mike Weber's trash uh, right now, but he was also drafted in the seventh round and really didn't have a pathway to um, going and, and getting himself any touches in, in, in the NFL. If by any any reason he was drafted you know, in the first or second round, I wonder what his volume would look like. Well, How much would he have been given <laughs> in the NFL? Well, yeah. you analyze it Jesse, like come that. on that Look, is fucking awesome jesse because jesse, jesse, no, that point's a terrible right, point <laughs> if he had been drafted in the first <laughs> round he would have been a completely different no jesse i'm gonna over talk you now if he would have been drafted in the first round instead of the seventh he would have been a completely different football player than mike weber he would have been someone much better than mike weber absolutely and, and i like jk dobbins i just want you to know that he's actually still my rb1 but don't make that mike weber argument ever again anywhere mike <laughs> made a good argument but that mike weber <laughs> argument was terrible insert, insert whatever name you want insert whatever name you want you can insert master t you can insert literally any name you want the fact of the matter is that he's still seated 172 touches to another or 172 attempts to another running back and still was able to hit positive thresholds in terms of touchdowns and, and uh, rushing. And yards. that's what I love about this whole thing. I still don't see any problem with that. Like for me, that is a major positive because any team that I think does invest in JK Dobbins, I can't see him stretching outside the second, third round at, yeah, at most. Same. And even even at age 19, when we look at those age-adjusted metrics, for he still handled 42% of the rush attempts and 43% of the rushing yards there in that sophomore season, which is more than we can say, more of the volume than Mike Weber did. But he still was able to garner that. I don't know. I haven't looked into the situation on why Mike Weber was the guy that was receiving touches there. Well, I Mike think, Weber sucks. I think there's context to be added anywhere you possibly can. So I'm not it, – it, it definitely is um, – it's, it, it's an argument and there's something to be said there but even if you want to look at I, i'm on on board with the fact that uh, jk dobbins had three straight seasons with over 20 receptions and he handled a lot of the receiving work there that is something that absolutely never faltered 22 23 and 20 exactly and that's what people that are measuring who should be the top running back in the draft it, it, right, so, <laughs> jesse We've let you, you you monopolize the time here at the expense of oh, Mike okay. me up. So let me get back to Mike me up. He's got <laughs> I, I gotta hear this top six again because as soon as JK Dobbins dropped the four, like my mind went blank <laughs> and reversed everything that happened yeah. for the last yeah, hour. Because it was so wrong. To Mike. He didn't deserve that rant that you just bestowed upon me. I love it. I love it. Michael. I love it. No, but Michael let me. All right, all right, all right, all right. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. Yeah, Mike. Let's try that, that top six again, Mike. Yes, uh, go ahead. Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards Alaire, and Antonio Gibson. So, you know what's crazy about that list is that you I really want to be crazy. like. You really want to be like, you know, that's crazy for J.K. Dobbins, except that every running back that you named in front of him would have been the number one running back in their class, except for the Saquon <laughs> Barkley season yeah. and maybe, maybe the Deke season. But, damn, maybe. that's a great running back class. It's, it's a great – it's top-heavy. It is. It's, and it's really – and it goes back to, like I mentioned, about Mike's thread that he put on his timeline where he was showing the places that do need the, the running backs – 
you know, we've talked about running backs and we've talked about wide receivers. You know, the the thing with quarterbacks, you know, that really ends up being where they're drafted. But do either of you guys, Mike or Jesse, do either of you guys like any of these tight ends that are in this draft? No. Uh, um, I wouldn't say I love them, but the one that interests me the most is probably Adam Troutman. Um, he's a yeah. small school guy. I love uh, Adam Troutman. Yeah. You know, when he initially ran that four, eight, I was like, God damn it. Uh, but then, <laughs> but then he went out and did the agility drills and, and it was you know, amazing. Yeah. It was one of the best that we've, that we've ever seen. And, you know, shout out to, uh, and- Angelo, Angelo, uh, FF, I believe, uh, yeah. Yeah, the guy makes some sick. Yeah, Angelo is awesome. Yeah. yeah. He told me at this point, it was such a great one that he made is that small school guys don't have the same resources to test yeah. the combine that big school guys do have. So if you think about the combine, it's kind of like a, it's like kind of like an SAT, right? The more you prepare for it, the easier it comes to you. Obviously you have to have some sort of athleticism, but at the end of the day, you got to get the form right. And I, from my understanding to get the 40 really down pat, it's all about like the stance and your get off. Yeah, right. right. So you don't, exactly. If you don't have that type of training from like some of these small school guys, you're going to falter there. I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just trying to provide some context that I learned. Uh, from Angelo on that matter. But he's definitely someone that, that interests me. Like anytime a tight end in college gets to like one K yards, like you, you exactly. kinda have my attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I love that I watched Mike. some film on him. I watched some film on him, believe it or not. And man, trying to find film on Adam Troutman <laughs> is like like it's like trying to download porn back in the day. I'm in Ohio, man. It's like it's <laughs> Okay. So Jesse, Jesse, what what do you think about the tight ends? <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think it's a it's a pretty poop class, but I think there are some guys like nobody's gonna. We're not looking at last year where where we're gonna be taking you know Noah Fant and potentially T.J. Hawkinson, you know, before the back. middle of round two. You know, it's definitely not a class like that. I do think the doors kind of blow wide open when we get that designation from Chase Claypool because he's going to grade out very very highly against. Um, this this or this tight end class if he decides to go there I haven't heard anything um, specific on whether or not he will be designated as a tight end when he moves but overall in terms of athleticism which is what we really like to see uh, athleticism and draft capital are the two biggest predictors for the tight end position somewhat similar to um, running back but I would I would probably venture to say that in terms of just overall um, receiving work I would probably, lean hunter bryant as well i like yeah, him yeah. I my yeah, model yeah. Like hunter bryant is um okay. as, as a decent pass catching option but i also do for my model's purpose and for for all the numbers that um uh, to to be as genuine as i possibly can i do like to to, to look at a little bit of tape on those guys and see and how it can translate to the nfl but yeah i'd probably say um Probably say those two guys are the most intriguing for me. Even though I blew past it, do either of you guys have any strong opinions about any of the quarterbacks? To a QB1. I'm sorry, what, what did you say, Mike? Do I have. <laughs> Go ahead, say it again, Tua, guys. Cal. Tua. Tua QB1. Right, and then Jesse was trying to say something as well. <laughs> Holy shit. Why have any strong opinions on this class? It's I not have a strong opinion. It's not even close. It's not even a debate. You, there's only one quarterback in this class that matters. I am. Every, I there's agree. only one quarterback that matters yes, in this class. It's not Joe Burrow. Tua, Tunga Vailoa. And that's it. Shut the whole thing down. It doesn't matter. He's the best. He's the most accurate. He is the most precise quarterback in this draft. He's, he's the not, guy you 
best. Spend the money on. Yeah. He's everything. That's the only one. That's the only one. He's the only one that matters. That's awesome. And that's part of why I kind of blew past it before. So it's good that you guys both agreed well, I mean, on the same thing. Again, Jesse's wrong because Joe Barrow. <laughs> while, uh, Jesse's not wrong. Well, no, you but while, you know, while, say that. Well, Tal, while Tal, Tal, you. Uh, yeah, is, you can't say it. Just whatever, say it. Matter. All right. Tua. He might be Just the Tua. He might Tua. be the QB one, but I, I think uh, Joe Burrow is still going to be a very good quarterback yeah, in the league, Tua. especially yeah. in fantasy. I, I think Joe Burrow is a guy that for just – and I, my team's in a unique position, so I've been secretly scouting the quarterback position for a very, very long time since – Secretly? Since there's – Herbert. A, I love Herbert. Are you I, kidding I, me right now? I, I love I, that guy. I, I do love Justin Herbert as well, but regardless – Tell them I, why. Joe Burrow can make every throw in the book. He's just as accurate as Tua. The only thing that I can say for him right now is we've only seen it for one year. How sustainable is it when he gets to a more complex system in the NFL? Is he going to be able yeah, I think yeah, tangible yeah. exceed what, what we saw? Well, only time will tell. Tua's talents transcend the position completely. I no think doubt. No best, doubt. Yeah. One of the best prospects that I've scouted, one of the best prospects in recent memory at least. That, um, I don't think anybody foresaw you know Patrick Mahomes coming out, but even he wasn't as complete as Tua looks. What's impressive about Tua is he did it with a really subpar wide receiver core. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's what I think is most impressive about Tua. I mean, because to have just, what, three – probably lock NFL draft uh, first round draft pick wide receivers that, you know, that's hard when you only have three. Cause we don't know that, Who, that who's the, who's the third lock. We're talking about rugs, Judy. And who's your third one? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Devonte. What's his name? Devontae Smith is not a first round wide receiver. Fine. Jalen Waddle then. Oh wait. So I'm sorry. Real quick. So he had two, <laughs> uh, two NFL first rounders and then what a couple second rounders. Uh, I mean, I I don't think I don't I think Smith is like a third round wide receiver to me yeah. personally. Yeah, but yeah, so you're exactly. you're not as high as on uh, their wide receivers because I, I noticed Rugs. Where's Rugs on your list, real quick? I'm sorry because I know I'm going backwards. Yeah, it makes more <laughs> sense. Rugs. That's amazing. He's in he's in the he's in the top uh, eight. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, wide receiver okay. eight. Cool, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, outside of my outside the top ten, he'll probably squeak into my top twelve, maybe at twelve. Really? Wow. Okay. Why? And can I just ask? Because I know he's pretty divisive. Um, why is he so low for? Well, let me ask both you guys, Mike first. Why is he, again, relatively low to to other folks' uh, rankings? Yeah, I mean, I think you know it comes back to the fact that he just didn't really produce in college and. You don't. You have very little examples of someone with his profile um, actually being successful in the NFL. You know, McLaurin is the one that a lot of people point to. Um, but again, like you know, for for analytics guys, you know, like like Jesse and I, you know, we try and play the odds, right? When we say Rugs is low, we're not saying he is a hundred percent going to bust or he's going to fail. But for me, like I try and allocate the top part of my draft to guys that have profiles that lend themselves to hitting at a higher rate in that yeah NFL. no exactly yeah yeah jess i'm sorry so i mean i guess you would kind of echo mike's uh mike's points there no it just comes down to the production we've we've brought up some some other really big brain guys like um Christopher Bean uh, and as well as uh, Peter Howard have come out with um, or tried to contextualize my guys. I know them. Yeah. Teammate scores and, and other things that 
that help out with um, the way we can help evaluate these um, these wide receivers that are in crowded. Yeah, yeah. Nothing has stuck or shown to be predictive that a wide that even at the very least three wide receivers can't at least grab twenty percent of the market share and yep. still. So 20% between three wide receivers is only 60% of the overall receiving volume. That leaves another 40 for tight ends and running backs. It is completely feasible to understand that three wide receivers can all be good and not cannibalize one another in an offense. The data shows it. it it's just not, it's not deniable. Henry Ruggs failed to do that. And I, for me, I just wonder how much of we, – we say Henry Ruggs is a first-round talent. No, he's going to be a first-round selection. He is not a first-round talent. I want to get that very, very clear. He is hmm. not a first-round talent. First-round talents are guys who come in like CeeDee Lamb who are as, as close to being as complete as possible and being nuanced in what I they do. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. So, listen – it's been great having you guys here. It's awesome. I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Before we wrap up, we did talk to you guys before the show that possibly we would do a really quick mock draft for our Patreons. But before we wrap it up, Shane, Jeremy, do you guys have any last minute questions for Jesse no, and Mike? Man. Mike and Jesse do show one important thing. If you're going to talk shit on Twitter, um, be able to back it up. 100%. Um, Absolutely. There's a lot of people that will throw out takes. Um, then we'll throw out maybe one stat, get that stat eviscerated, and then disappear. Um, <laughs> well, and you know, I'm, it, not, I'm not saying anyone specifically, but you know who they are. <laughs> They're out there. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask to interject real quick. I, I've been eviscerated so many times on Twitter. Uh, so <laughs> my motto is get fucking eviscerated and come back. And there you go. Thank cool. you. Like, that's it. Especially if it's Shane, and then come back, like, cause that's, dude, I get bodied all the time, so whatever. Well, listen, Shane's on your unbodied side, because you know, Jess, I gotta say. I appreciate that because I think you just gave us the title of the episode <laughs> it and come back. And then, so what we're going to do is we are going to wrap the show up guys. We're going to do a quick one round mock for our patrons. Yes, we um, are. But not for the people that aren't our patrons because they don't deserve it. Okay. So but before, no, 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 but, but no, for our bitches. okay. But before we do that, Mike, Jesse, thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you. Awesome. Uh, again, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Mike Me Up with two Ps. I'm always on there shooting the beep with peeps and uh, just doing my thing. <laughs> and then uh, if you want to catch a, catch a show, I'm over on YouTube as well uh, under BDG Fantasy. Me and my co-host Noah at F-E-G-A-W-D-F-E-God. Uh, we we kind of just you know do what we do what you guys do here we just have a good time talk football and talk <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh -huh. yeah Mike I just want to say thank you I so much Mike. thank Mike you deal. thank you so much for saying that we have a good time <laughs> the, I, I, you guys can all understand what's going on tonight but and and if people could visually see this they would see. The, the cracking up and also one of our great super fans. We love him. Greg over here down in the Greg. bottom corner. So he he's in here as well, but, but Jesse, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you. 
the floor is now mine. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, you guys can find me over at playerprofiler.com or at yeah. the Roto Underworld. That's where all my written work is. Um, anything that I put out in terms of written articles, all over there. You guys can catch me on Twitter at Jesse Reeves FF. Pretty simple. Um, I'm working on a ton of great stuff. I also right now have a podcast called The Draft Dialogue with my co-host, amazing co-host, Matt Gujeski. Uh, an absolute savant in in terms of just getting that thing off the ground and and putting up with me on a, <laughs> a basis, dude. He's a, he's an absolute savage, and uh, so yeah, we cut uh, we do a live show, cut that into individual YouTube videos, and then put that onto um, a podcast stream for you guys to listen to, watch ten minute episodes on players. We have about forty to forty five profiled right now, so you guys can backtrack and listen to them all. Um, it'll only take up probably half of your day, and you can get really knowledgeable about this incoming prospect class. So um, that's where you guys can hear me on the airwaves and i'm working on a couple big projects right now one that i'll just i'll kind of tease right now for anybody that doesn't follow me or this is like the first time you're listening to me um i am working on a um uh, let's just say a comprehensive uh, guide or a a, uh, a tour guide study uh, i don't i don't know but it's called the rookie index it's thing a thing called the rookie index and it's gonna be fucking awesome and you're gonna want to get this thing it's a lot of shit going on in there um, it's going to help you be a better fantasy player. Um, so look out for that and uh, dropping teasers, stuff like that within the coming weeks. And um, yeah, you should have to order. And that's that. awesome. And Jesse, let us know. And then we'll let all our listeners and our patrons know when you do drop that. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for sticking around. I know it's been kind of up and down all night and it's been a lot of fun, but we really appreciate you coming on and we're going to wrap up the show right now and then we'll go on to the Patreon. So, um, Check us out on uh, iTunes at Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, also, check us out on Patreon. You know, you can you can actually follow us on Patreon too, not just on iTunes. Give us a rate and review. Check out our Twitter account at Dynasty Trades HQ. And uh, again, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.